Episode number 102 for May 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And they have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trade paperbacks. An example of their discounts is the Spectacular Spider-Girl number 3. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover. Now, the description of the book is written by Tom DeFalco, and it's penciled by Ron Friends, and it's an all-battle issue. Yeah, Spider-Girl confronts the Punisher and Wildcard before finding herself caught between the Black Tarantula and the Merciless Mayhem. So, if you want to order this book, check out MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, Crawl Space Webheads, to our Triple Digit Show, Episode 101. Well, let's introduce the panel. We've got Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast and an administrator on Crawl Space. Welcome, Stella. Welcome to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we have Kevin, the author of the Crawl Space webcomic, and he's calling in on his iPhone. Gotta love tech problems. Yeah, I uh, don't have hands free today, but I also be able to stay through the whole podcast, so that should be fun. That's good. And we have JR from dot com. JR, what's going on, buddy? Oh, I guess things are okay. <laughs> I had a long, had a long day yesterday and was looking forward to sleeping in, but uh, <laughs> oh well, you know, got an early start this morning. Yeah, so, we're recording you know, this. The old bones are creaking, but I'm okay. We're recording this real early, so Zach from SpideyDude.com can uh, go to work. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to go to work at 1 o'clock. It's well, great. This is the kind of friends you have. We're willing to get up early on a Sunday to record this with you. What do you think? Uh, yeah, with friends like these. I mean, with friends like these. <laughs> so you're going to get a lot of insults throughout the show. <laughs> I'm so anticipating that right now. Oh, wait. What else is new? Uh, anyway. <laughs> and we have Michael Bailey from the Views from the Long Box website and podcast and media conglomerate. <laughs> what, 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 oh, oh, no, no, Mama, I don't want the pudding on the face. Oh. Wow. What am I doing? Oh, hey, my. guys, how's everyone doing? We're doing good. Wake up! Uh, rent! All right, we're starting out <laughs> our first spider topic. Uh, free comic book day was earlier in the month, and it seems a real-life Spider-Man stopped a robber. Uh, this happened in Australia. And the, uh, the store was called Adelaide. Adelaide. Wait a minute. Uh, comic Center. Adelaide. I'm pretty sure. Adelaide. There you go. The comic. <laughs> Adelaide. That's a whole different store. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Balderstone was dressed up to uh, celebrate Free Comic Book Day, and he was dressed up as Spider-Man. And it seems a robber decided to come into the store and steal an X-Men omnibus 
worth 150 bucks. Are they that that expensive? I mean, no, like, they're not. They're exactly. ninety-nine dollars. Ninety-nine bucks, not a hundred. They got that thing marked up to 150 dollars. He deserved to get robbed. Did, <laughs> didn't they say it was 150 pounds? So, oh, who knows? Oh, okay. Who knows? But anyway, um, they're the 45-year-old Spider-Man. Uh, this is what would happen if he aged. Um, stopped the robber and while he before he uh, could get out the store, he was stuffing the omnibus in his backpack, which is a is a hard feat to do, I would imagine. Anyway, when you heard this story, what did you think, Mr. Bailey? We'll start with you. Um, my first thought was every time I hear of these types of stories. I think the news is only jumping on them because the people are dressed up as superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while, I, I can't say it's like once a month or anything, but there seems to be some startling regularity of, you know, like Batman's making an appearance at the Kmart, and that's when someone decides to try to steal a flat screen and he tackles them, which happened in I, this area, actually, a couple years ago. So I think they're amusing, but I think the only reason they're getting any kind of play is because they're dressed up as superheroes. The one thing that gets me on this story mm-hmm. is that dude's wearing glasses under the mask. That's kind of <laughs> weird. It's like Cesar Romero with the mustache under the makeup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, you know, look, you're not going to go into a shop on the busiest day of the year and try to steal something without expecting maybe one of these people is going to tackle you. I mean, okay, maybe maybe because it's comic fans and we're not we're known to be slow and sedentary, you know. Maybe that's yeah. why he thought he could get away with it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool though. It's a cool story. Yeah, it, it made the rounds of the news. I mean, there's like a th- if you go to Google News, there's like a thousand entries of this story. Hell, our, my station even covered it. So, I mean, a uh, little did shop you, in Australia. Did you did get you, to cover it, or did somebody else did? Oh, it was just a national story. And uh, if you look up on the front page, the anchors mentioned my name at the end of the story. They thought I was under the suit, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Zach, well, when, I, when, when I first saw the no, I was about to say when I first saw your comment that they name dropped you, I thought they were going to name you as a suspect or wonder what your <laughs> wondered where you were at that time. You know, like oh, where was Brad during that time? Huh? Yeah, you know. Then, then they flash a mugshot up of me. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. You were saying something. Uh, well, I was going to actually ask the same question as Bailey, but uh, Bailey took mine. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sounds like a a schoolyard you fight. Took two hours of me sleeping today. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. Uh, you know, I think this is kind of cool. I think it's uh, it, it, it kind of exemplifies superheroes inspiring people. You know, to do better and to do good things like that. Uh, it reminds me of J. Michael Straczynski's story that uh, at a comic convention once he saw somebody making awful stuff in front of somebody's table, and he looked up and he saw that he was standing right in front of this big Superman cutout, and he thought, you know, I can't not do anything when I'm standing in front of that guy. Yeah. So he went and tackled <laughs> the robber, you know. it's You know, we've got superheroes all around us. The guy's dressed up as a superhero. It kind of mm-hmm. inspires you to do something good like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, cool. Stella, what's your two cents? 
Uh, yeah, I agree with Kevin. Just um, someone actually stepping up. And, you know, I was reading the actual news blurb, and it was saying, you know, with all these other people sort of standing around and watching. And I think it's sort of that syndrome that you learn about in, like, beginning uh, psychology classes, just the, the pedestrian syndrome where you feel like someone else is going to do it. So if everyone's thinking about someone else doing it, then no one's going to do it. But this guy actually sort of broke that and actually did it. So that was – I think that was an accomplishment. Sweet. All right. The other if the guy had gotten away, he would have came home, and his Uncle Ben would have been dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let the guy run past you with an omnibus. With, yeah. With great uh, omnibus comes great first uh, – never mind. Um, <laughs> another bit of news in the, for young ears. You may want to turn away because I guarantee you Zach's going to drop an F-bomb in this one. Uh, <laughs> seems like – Vivid Entertainment, which is known for uh, making high-quality porn, right, Mr. Bailey? Anyway, our, uh, are you going to be on that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm on the message board talking about how, you know, all the different porn stars I like. I can name, like, one. That's only because uh, that's Jenna Jameson, and that's it. Well, Jenna Jameson was with this company for a while, and... Um, <clears throat> How would you know about that, Brad? You sent me a link. Uh, oh. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, Vivid is a – it's like Paramount Warner Brothers for porn. It's a, it's a studio that makes pornography. And they've uh, recently put out – or they're going to put out huh, – put out uh, a uh, movie called Batman Triple X, a parody, which uh, kind of – is a send-up to the 1960s Batman show. And they came out. They're going to release a whole line of superhero porn. Uh, some of the heroes include the Green Hornet, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Captain America, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk, which the Hulk one should be very funny. <laughs> Hulk. <Is it> long? <laughs> no. You know, I've got, I've got like one image for that of a certain thing happening with a little change sound from uh, the TV series when yeah. the guy's getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> like the pants rip. Anyway, yes. uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of this? It, 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 it breaches a bunch of ethical issues and uh, legal issues, etc. We'll hit Kevin up with this one first. What do you think of Spider sin, the sensational Spider-Man? This is, uh, this is disturbing. I mean, just who actually wants to see Batman and Spider-Man getting it on? <laughs> Uh, who's sitting around thinking about that and saying, yes! Uh, Flash fiction? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Kev, they wouldn't do it if they wouldn't make money. And this is almost a guaranteed moneymaker. I know, that's why it's disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) Because that means that people do want to see it. I'm thinking trailer on the front page. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would go over like a new day. The trailers aren't actually that bad though, because I watched the trailer to the uh, the Batman one because uh, Batgirl was in there, and someone said, "Hey, look, Batgirl's in a porn." And I was like, "Oh gosh," but he, hey, he told me it was PG, so I watched it. But um, so they don't really show anything, and it does sort of keep up the campiness of um. The Batman 1967, you know, to 69 show, but I think there is sort of a level of parody that is allowed, and I wonder if this is sort of crossing the line. Well, they spent some money. Aren't those suits great looking in the sets? Yeah. And everything? I mean, yeah. They could do a now, lot will this worse. Be covered on the Barbara Gordon podcast, Stella. Will this be covered? 
Um, I, yeah, maybe over? with like an actual uh, commentary. Like I'll have it playing and then I'll comment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Uh, this is almost as bad as the idea of Brad having me review the Spider-Man one on the front page. Dude, if you want to review the porn, feel free. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were more qualified than me, Kevin. <laughs> uh, Zach, what's your two cents, man? <sighs> Dude, uh, I'm with Kevin. This is mildly disturbing. I'm a little, I'm a little uncomfortable right now. I'm not going to lie. Who would be um, the most disturbing star of these? Thor? Hulk? <laughs> Hulk? Hulk? The oh, Hulk. yeah! That's all I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> Yeah, instead of, instead of Hulk smash, it would be like, you know, Hulk F, you know. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that right now. JR, what Hulk do you think out. of this, buddy? Uh, well, not much. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, being so old, I have no interest, I suppose. But uh, back in my day, the stars were Marilyn, Marilyn Chambers and Linda Lovelace. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait till the Disney lawsuit machine gets a hold of these folks. Um, but... Uh, I don't care. I mean, I'm not appalled. I'm not, you know, because, you know, porn is as old, probably as old as the oldest profession, if not older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, everybody's going to try something. But, you know, it's having been a young man and, and done a few strip bars and other things in my time, I just find and seen a few movies. I just find it incredibly boring. And I've seen like porn Star Trek and it's just <laughs> dumb. Uh, and so it's hard to get offended. It's 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 not titillating. It's not interesting to me. You know, it's just boring and dumb. So I don't care. Kind of like what I said to Kevin, though. It's gonna make money. I mean, yeah. Spider Man makes money, and you put porn with them, you're gonna get money. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if Disney will allow that to happen, though. So I mean, Stella's right. There's a certain amount of parody that's that is uh, permitted, but uh, I, I don't know. You know, if they'll outright. Allow pornography. So. Yeah. Well, they, they've they placed the word parody over everything in this trailer for the Batman movie. It says, even the title has a parody under it, and then the fine print at the end says a parody. So, Stella, do you know more about the legal issues? I, I'm not an expert, but... Um, not too much. I remember, uh, with the video that, uh, that guy sent me, also sent me sort of a news story that, uh, there were some legal issues with the Batman one in particular, so I guess we'll, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least seg- he's not doing. The, at least not, they're not doing the Frank Miller Batman. <laughs> Is there, he already do kind of porn with that, where he was having sex with Black Canary out in the middle of the um, God no. and everybody. Okay, this is a strange question, but is there any famous Spider-Man storyline that they could adapt? <laughs> well, you know the the, the yeah, mass you know, sex, yeah, the fucking of Gwen Stacy, I think. <laughs> Would be good. And, the night uh, when Stacy got fucked. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Wait a minute. Can stop the juggernaut from having sex with you would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with great power comes great, you know. Just comes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or, the, or the green goblin could have real green and purple extremities when he gets. Oh. Oh. Uh, fear and bondage. <laughs> Uh, A.K.A. <laughs> the, the Rape of Craven, I think, would be fantastic as well. Oh, my God. Um, oh. Let me go look at my bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did, sir. Uh, segwaying into a PG-13 topic, um, Iron Man 2 just came out. And Great PG-13. 
PG-13, and pretty much we all saw it except Bailey. <laughs> Bailey is too busy watching Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll do a little review. Stella, what'd you, well, Stella, what'd you think of the uh, the movie? <laughs> were you rethinking me well, going I, first? No, well, I just hit you up first, I think, last time, but I'm like, oh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I saw it uh, on Midnight's. That's always interesting. Draws an Wait. interesting crowd, but um, I really enjoyed it. I think I liked the first one's villain a little bit better, um, but I thought the dialogue was spot on. It was it was always funny, but never over the top. Um, I think that Don Cheadle did a wonderful job. Yes, I did like Terrence Howard, and I hate people switching, but I thought he did good. He was up to the task. And Black Widow, whom I had some reservations about, I thought she came out fantastically. Um, I thought, I don't know, she really kicked butt, and I liked those scenes, and... Uh, of course, there was some Latin in there, which is always fun. So, I mean, overall, I give it an A. There was so. Latin? Yeah. Uh, I think she she says, pack up your bag, Stark. It was right after, oh. like, Stark tried to give um, Pepper some strawberries. And he said, say that in Latin, and she sort of spits it out. So Very good. I didn't notice that. I, I, do, I remember it, but I forgot about it. Anyway, class, it's the all he, he was focusing. He was focusing on something else. I did. <laughs> I was thinking of Spider-Man's titles. Uh, Zach, what did you think of it, sir? Did you go to a midnight show? I did. Oh, sweet. And uh, No. <laughs> yeah, I flew down to... Uh, never mind. <laughs> she flew down to Texas. We went to the midnight show, and then she flew back. Cause, yep. Yeah. Because yeah. she's awesome like She's that. cool like that. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I went to a midnight show, and... Uh, had a really good time. The uh, did y'all stay past the credits? My question. Yeah, everybody. I did. Yes. Oh yeah. We're smart like that. You can tell the people that read the internet that stay after the credits. <laughs> the other people just getting up and like. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I had. Idiots. I'll tell you right now. I had no idea that there was something after the credits, but I looked at my I looked at, Lee, uh, at my room my old roommate and I said, "Look, there was a scene after the credits in Iron Man One. Mm-hmm. Chances are there's going to be a scene after the credits in Iron Man Two. Sure yeah. enough, I was right." I was kind of spoiled online what it was, but it was very short, which is a title we don't want to hear in the previous topic. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, I mean, I mean, the the, the Avengers scene in uh, number one was short too, so yeah. Anyway, were were there? Go ahead, Sam Jackson. You know, that was that was big. You know, you got a new character. You didn't know he was going to be cast in it. At least I didn't. So it was really exciting. This was hardware. Yeah. Were, Stella and uh, Zach, were there anybody dressed up as Iron Man or just any s- strange fans like when I saw Spider-Man 3? Any interesting quotes that you heard from the audience? No. Everybody was pretty quiet. This wasn't a rowdy crowd. No. Stella, how about your crowd? Uh, there was just this annoying guy in the front that kept going, Iron Man. Hey, maybe yeah. he was mentally handicapped. You don't know that. No, I mean, I think he was just annoying. Did okay. Let get to your theater. Oh Mean. Uh, Kev, what'd you think of it, sir? I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think it was quite as good as the first one, but uh, you know, the first one was such a surprise with just how good and fun it was and had the whole origin thing going for it and uh but it was it was a really solidly entertaining movie. I enjoyed pretty much everything about it. All the new cast was great, uh, you know, had some good fight scenes going on. I enjoyed Don Cheadle stepping into that part because, you know, cast transitions are always difficult, but 
I thought Don Cheadle was a bit more, uh, a bit closer to the roadie I know in the comics than Terrence Howard was anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole thing was great. It was a very entertaining movie. I'd definitely go see it again. Is there any cons? Uh, none that I can think of really, except that, uh, it's kind of my own fault. I had seen, I had stayed away from the spoilers of what the scene after the credits was because I didn't want to know. Uh, but I'd seen all the rumors before <laughs> it was actually out online. Uh, so, you know, people were talking about it being like the first appearance of Thor, so I was kind of expecting yeah. to see Thor, so it was kind of disappointing to just see the hammer. Yeah. But, you know, that's kind of my own fault. Well, uh, the amount of Easter eggs in this film was astounding. Well, name, name a few, because I, I can only think of a couple. Okay, you've got I think Captain my favorite America. one was uh, Secretary of Defense. <laughs> he said, you know, I'm not much of a joiner, but if I can be Secretary of Defense, I'll take that. Oh, yeah, yeah that was good. I didn't catch uh, that, actually. Yeah, he, that was in the uh, Senate hearings. <clears throat> then you have the uh, obviously the Captain America shield. Which, um, by the way, how was it falling apart like that? That better have been like well, a model. For you. I don't that, think I don't think that's the real shield. I mean, no. it, it was just a reference to the first movie where yeah. the shield was in it. Yeah, yeah. where he was designing a shield for him. Because I'm assuming I, I'm going to be safe and assume that they got the original shield for the for the for the Captain America movie. Yeah, that could be wrong. Um, but you've got the shield. You've got the uh, uh, when he mentions stuff in the Southwest, that made me think of Hulk. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly, um, the first Hulk movie is in continuity, and that the the Incredible Hulk actually takes place after Iron Man two. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, what are you talking about with the Southwest? Because <clears throat> when he was referencing New Mexico, that was Thor. Yeah, when he's you next, noticed at the end, the guy's license plate when he was driving up said New Mexico. Yeah, which I'm, which and they're and they're filming Thor in New Mexico too, but yeah. um um but there was there was a specific specific scene where he actually mentions the Southwest that they that that's what he's been doing was he was dealing with problems in the Southwest. Who was dealing with the problems? Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Shield agent. Oh, okay. Agent Coulson. Yeah, gotcha. Coulson. Yeah. The other thing, you know, Olivia Munn from Attack yes. of the Show. Yes. She was originally uh, going to play Janet Van Dyne, I understand, but which was the Wasp, and she got cut or something. And they redid her part, and she was a newscaster. And I'll have to go watch it again on Blu-ray or whatever. But I swear on her mic flag that she was holding with her microphone, it said WASP. Did anybody see that? <laughs> was that true? No, I didn't. Oh, it didn't. Okay. No, I'm saying no, I didn't see it, but that's pretty cool. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if it did. I'll have to relook at it, and if anybody can remember, post it on the message board. But uh, I think that would be cool if she worked for WASP. I think that would just be neat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, on a little bit of a tangent with that kind of casting, did you hear the story that uh, apparently somebody at Marvel is saying Nathan Fillion is almost a lock to play Hank Pym? From Firefly? Yeah, Nathan Fillion, Firefly, Castle. Uh, apparently he's there... Uh, pretty confident with him playing Hank Pym and the Avengers. Yeah. Stella, was there any cons for your review? What you anything you didn't like in the movie? Um, I mean the villain was I don't know. I, I just sort of had higher expectations, I think. And uh, where's my bird? Is you know saying that over <laughs> and over again. It's like, oh, are you serious right now? But I mean, he was like the effects surrounding him were were neat. But I think I would have liked uh, perhaps somebody else. It reminded me of J.R. Let's go back to the 70s. What was that show with Robert Blake with the bird? Uh, first, let me get my disco ball out here. Just, uh, uh, 
that was Beretta. Beretta. I, I kept thinking of Beretta and Robert Blake with that scene. I don't know. JR, what'd you think of it, man? Well, you know, I did, I did like it, um, but uh, I didn't like it as much as the, the first one. Um, you know, what the things I did like about it, I mean, I, I, I think Robert Downey Jr. just does a great job as Tony mm-hmm. Stark. I mean, cause really, Tony Stark's an asshole, but, but Robert Downey Jr. makes him likable, <clears throat> even when yes. he's being a jerk. And, uh, you still sympathize with him, and you still, and, and, and you still, uh, you know, understand that he's battling demons. And I kind of like the tone they took with this one, you know, you know, the, the first movie ends on a big rush, you know, I'm Iron Man, I'm this great hero. And then the second movie, he, it's kind of, you're kind of dealing with the fact, well, yeah, he's a superhero, but he's still a flawed human being, and just because you're a superhero doesn't mean you correct your basic personality flaws. So, I mean, I, I, I like, I like that aspect of it. Um, you know, and I definitely like Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Def- that was yes. a definite upgrade. Yes. Because Rhodey has to look like he, he's able to knock Tony flat on his butt when Tony deserves it. And Cheadle definitely brings that, uh, to the, uh, to the role. Uh, what I didn't like, um, you know, I like, like Stella said, I like the villains in the first movie much better. You know, you kind of get the, I mean, you know, when, to- when Iron Man blows up a bunch of terrorists and when he, when he drops some, uh, a terrorist into the midst of a, of a throng of mad villagers, you know, they say, you know, he's all yours. I mean, you get a visceral, you just get a thrill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Jeff Bridges was a fun bad guy. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing any Obadiah stains on this podcast, but he is a fun bad guy, you know. Mickey Rourke, Never been a big fan of his, uh, and, and I, Stella took uh, uh, Stella took away the. Uh, I was going to complain about. I want my bird, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I want my just, bird. That's what they yeah, want. That yeah, so, yeah, that was uh, good. Yeah, that's a lot better than I would have done. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't get into that. Um, I do. Sam Rockwell is as Hammer. I don't know how close to the comic book that was. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I actually liked what he did with it because we've had so many corrupt businessmen. You know, for example, we've had you know Defoe as Osborne and McMahon as Doctor Doom, and you know, and you had Jeff Bridges. So now we've got a crooked business exec who really isn't a mustache mustache twirler. He he's kind of yeah. a goober. <laughs> so it was a different he's, take. But he's uh, a bumbling idiot for, for yeah. the most part. So, uh, but what's you funny know. is both my kids like this movie better. Oh really? Uh, yeah, my, my son, obviously, Spencer liked it better because he liked Rhodey, you know, as War Machine and him and Tony going at it. So, you know, I mean, so he liked that aspect of it. And my daughter has seen it twice. Um, she's She saw it with her friend, girlfriends and then saw it with her boyfriend. Um, she's hard to pry information out of, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I, So I really can't get out of her why she liked it better other than she said, well, the black guy was better. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, but she did, she did think the Black Widow was eye candy. She did not care for the Black Widow at all. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But, uh, but, uh, no, it's funny. I mean, I, the, both my kids like the first one, I mean, like the second one better. Mm. And Mr. Bailey's gonna see the movie at a future date, but I don't think you need to see it now that we've just spoiled the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm cool with that. You know, I kind of like seeing a movie a couple weeks after it came out anyways because, you know, like in the middle of the afternoon when everybody's at school because I, I'm not a big crowd guy when it comes to movies. I mean, yeah, there was that time I saw Spider-Man 2 and that really intimidating-looking Hispanic gentleman that I thought was going to kick everybody's ass that at the end was going, tell her you love her, tell her you love her, it was amusing. <laughs> but... I, you know, it's it's just better just sitting there with just me and my wife and maybe like three or four other people and enjoy the film. So yeah, I, looks I, good. 
I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think the uh, the lack of Jeff Bridges and a good actor <laughs> as a bad guy uh, kind of well, like Sam Rockwell. <laughs> no, no, no. Sam Rockwell was pretty good. He's a little bit different than the Justin Hammer I know of the comics because I envision him like a like a fi- late fifties, early sixty ish man. But uh, but Sam Rockwell, I mean, knocked it out of the park. I thought he was a real good weasel, and I, I could easily see him coming back for Iron Man three as a, a big baddie. But, you know, the problem uh, with Iron Man that Spider-Man doesn't have, I don't think Iron Man has that great of villains. Well, because, I mean, no. they're, saving, they're saving his greatest villain, his greatest nemesis for the next can you Can you really do the Mandarin, though, on, on film? I mean, he's a weird uh, Chinese... They hinted at it in the first one. I know, yeah. but... Is it, I think you can do it, but I think it'll be different. Yeah, I mean, they've already they already did a really interesting take on calling the terrorist cell the Ten Rings. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people point out online that both Justin Hammer and Obadiah Stane had a big ring on their pinky. Oh, they like, did. I didn't notice that connection there. And uh, apparently, I haven't read it, but they say in the novelization of Iron Man Two, it specifies that it was the Ten Rings uh, that Justin Hammer used to break Vanko out of prison. So it seems like they've been seeding it, and they are really altering it. But I think John Favreau's version could be really interesting. If you know, a com- it'll be completely different than the very racist original Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> Would you really yeah. call that racist? I'm they serious. got a Fu Manchu and called him the Mandarin. But here's the thing: Are you applying that with our sensibilities of today? Or are you applying that to what was in comic books in the '60s and before I that? I think it has. I think it honestly has a lot to do with even going back to World War II and our sense of. And you, this is not me talking, but quote unquote, the dirty Japs, and everybody kind of, uh, you know, twirled up all the Asians together with Korea and everything, and we don't like them. And so, you know, Mandarin, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a villainous Fu Manchu dude. He's. Uh, Nondescript Asian, we're going to call him the Mandarin, because Mandarins are evil. And there were a lot of Cold War connotations, too, because, I mean, at that time, China, China was, you know, I mean, well, they still are, but they were a, a communist. Uh, it wasn't that long after the revolution. They were a very closed society. Um, so, I mean, it, so there's a lot of a lot of it is just vested in, in, the, in Cold War politics, which obviously well, I, is. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, my, my my main point is that I, I just I don't like that word being bandied about in that context, though, because at, you know it, it, I don't think Stan Lee was attempting to be racist when he created the character. So to to label it that it, you know it's kind of like saying that Stan Lee should have known better. I don't and think it's it, attempted racist. I think you can be subconsciously racist, but I think it was part of the national consciousness, just like in modern times. Uh, really, a lot of Americans are, you know, intentionally or not, racist against Muslims because we have the terrorist groups that we're all afraid of and fighting against, and we kind of lump all Muslims up, uh, or a lot of people do, lump all Muslims into that. And I think it's the same thing JR's talking about the Cold War, and you had all the, you know, Asian wars before that. I think people kind of started to lump all the Asians together at the time. I mean, hell, in World War II, we rounded up the Japanese. Yeah, you know, I think there was a racist thing in there. I'm not saying Stan Lee was this terrible person or that, you know, he was intentionally trying to trying to racist. I think it's just part of the subconscious of America at different times, and I think that's what it was at the time. 
Yeah, I mean, Stan was definitely a product of his time. I mean, no, I don't believe for a minute Stan would have been consciously racist, but he was definitely a product of his time. And, uh, you know, like, you know, I think about myself growing up in the 70s, early 70s in southern Indiana, I had a definite opinion about a woman's place in the home and a woman's place in society and, you know, you know, because of how I grew up, and of course now I'm, you know, in my 40s, and I'm, I'm the father, I'm married, I'm the father of a teenage daughter, and I, you know, work with a lot of women. I've worked for women. And sometimes I sit back and say, "Gee whiz, what the hell was I thinking?" <laughs> you know, it wasn't that I was deliberately, you know, go back to the kitchen, honey. You know, but it was just that's just the way we thought. And uh, you know, now I look back and go, "God, that was just so incredibly, you know, sexist and short-sighted." But but it wasn't deliberate, so. What did you guys think of uh, the Black Widow? Dude. <laughs> that sums it up. Dude. One of my favorite scenes is where she debuted and, and Favreau is going on the fight. I think that is hilarious. That, that <laughs> The editing of that scene was just incredible. I, w- I was like, oh, that is hilarious. But yeah, that was, I her, that was... Some people have said her fight was a little bit, uh, her fight with a bunch of guys was a little bit overly choreographed, but I thought it looked great. For a very comic book battle, um, no doubt. You know, and, and great to show how good Black Widow is because honestly, if you're that damn good, it's almost going to look like a choreographed dance when you're fighting that well. And I thought it was really awesome. I agree. Uh, where do they go with three? Mandarin? Is that what you guys think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Justin Hammer will probably be back just from the way he ended in this movie. I like I like your idea of all the villains having rings and they're all being part of the Ten Ring group. Like you I, could. I wish I could claim that idea, but I've just read it online. I mean, that's I, a, that's I a good call. It. I like that idea. Go ahead, well, Bailey. The, the reason why I would like to go with someone like the Mandarin is that, you know, and other people have said this too, but I have to agree with it, that the trap these comic book films are falling in to is that the heroes are just fighting the dark reflections of themselves. Yeah. And that's good for a movie. It might be good for two movies. But I think you have to kind of explore different themes at that point, you know, by the, by the third or fourth film. And it would be nice to get a non-armored villain uh, again, or a non-whatever that chest thing is called, the arc reactor. I, I the what? The arc reactor. Yeah, the arc reactor. I mean, that, wasn't that powering Whiplash? Yes. Yeah. So. You know, he, well, he's just they, fighting he made, himself again and again and again. So yeah, well, he made a, he he upgraded from the original arc to vibranium. I think is that what that's what he did. Made. Yeah, that was what that's what he made. I don't remember yeah, vibranium. In that, he didn't it was never mentioned by like I was the whole time in the theater too. You could tell it was vibranium. Did they save it vibranium? They never, they never said, said vibranium, but I mean, if you if you know the comics and you can see he was inventing a new element and the way they were talking about it, I mean, I was expecting to hear the word vibranium and it ain't in it, but they just, but you know, they don't name their villains either. They never used the word whiplash in this movie, but you knew, no, you know, it's whiplash, you know. Yeah. Just like in the first movie, uh, I thought it was really good the way they did it in the first movie. They never named uh, Ironmonger, but they did have him say early in the movie, you know, we are all Ironmongers. I'm confused who Blacklash and Whiplash are. I don't know. I think I'm Blacklash. Blacklash is what I remember the character with the whips being. Uh, it's, he renamed himself. Uh, oh, he did. When did he do yes. that? Uh, I, I forget exactly when. Uh, let's see. To the wiki! No, I just uh, gave you a link <laughs> in the chat, but... Um, 
Anyway, I, I remember the, the, the fight that George Berman did on Friday Night Fights about how Iron Man as Jim Rhodes and black-suited Spider-Man fought him in Marvel Team-Up 145 where he stripped him naked. <laughs> 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 I love that fight. But uh, anyway, alas. Uh, let's go around grades. Zach, grade for the movie. Uh, I want to give it a solid A. JR? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd give it a B. Uh, Kev? I'll give it an A as well. Stella? A. A minus out of me. And we'll hear Bailey's review next month or whatever. Well, Bailey could probably grade it after hearing us talk. Right now. <laughs> he probably could. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey grade? <laughs> if we do that. Um, go ahead. A cautious A minus until I see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mr. Bailey's going to uh, talk a bit about this topic because. Uh, <laughs> It's about uh, geek culture and are comic books now cool and acceptable? Set up the topic for us, Mr. Bailey. Well, uh, you know, for the past couple of years, I would say the past six or seven years, it, it's been very socially acceptable to be a geek in this country. I mean, you go to Target or Walmart and, the you know, the T-shirt aisles are full of geeky style T-shirts. And not just comic books, but video games and stuff like that. And I've been wondering when this level of acceptability, no matter how tenuous it is, is going to last. And I think the clock has started on the end of it, because I was walking through the hall last week, and the TV was really loud in the other room, and there was a home improvement big box store, Lowe's or Home Depot, and you have, like, all these people saying, I can do this, and I can do that, because it's so convenient to get all your stuff done. And the last one was a guy saying, I'm going to spend the rest of the weekend reading comic books. (laughs) And I laughed. I'm like, well, great, I'm being represented. And then it hit me that as soon as something like this invades the most innocuous commercial, that maybe (laughs) the time has come that it's starting to end. And I'm wondering what everyone would think about that. I think the very first year it started was 1989 with the first Batman movie, and you saw all the Batman shirts, etc., and that's when comic books became cool, I think. Is that too far ago, you think, Michael? I mean... I, I think so, because, you know, Batman okay. and Robin pretty much killed the comic book yeah, film. Yeah, that's true. In theaters, and, it, and you know, even though Blade did fairly well, it wasn't until 2000 when X-Men came out. hmm that was even hinted at that these things might be uh, something that people would want to invest, you know, non-geeks would want to invest their time in. And I really think it was the first Spider-Man film where the explosion happened. And now you have, you know, you had, well, you had shows like Heroes because it's been canceled. And you you have other things like that where, I mean, mean, freaking Comic-Con has become more of a media outlet and that's pop culture yeah and gets so much coverage but this type of acceptability for something that has been predominantly something that people make fun of it can't last forever and i'm wondering if this commercial is the sign that maybe it's on the way out now Mm -hmm. with iron man 2 doing so well i'm you know my my theory may be flawed but I still think we're one really big tentpole comic book film away, probably two. And Superman Returns doesn't count because obviously that <laughs> kill it. But, you know, if the next Batman film tanks or if the next Iron Man film tanks, I'm wondering if that's going to 
lead Hollywood to think, hey, you know, we need to back off of this, and thus, you know, if, if Hollywood's not promoting it, the man on the street isn't going to pay attention to it. Yeah. Well, I think you're you might be overestimating its acceptability already. I mean, we've got yeah, it's, <laughs> it's accessible in marketing because people in marketing know that uh, they'll target whoever will buy, and it's uh, become acceptable in the movies because people like the movies. Um, but comic books themselves, I still don't think have really become socially accessible. People like the stuff that's come from it, but they still look down on the comic books. I mean, that's, you still are going to get looks if you're out in public reading a comic book or talking about reading comic books. You know, you're still only going to find one girl in the comic shop. And when I'm Stella. reading comic yes. work, <laughs> my, my co-workers, swear to God, uh, not after I've been reading comic books at work for a long time, at one point asked me, so what is a comic book? Is there like a story? <laughs> oh, God, I hate that. Oh, I hate that so bad. Yeah, I showed her the inside of it. She had never seen the inside of one, and her next questions were, well, why are the words in the pictures? Can't you just put the words under the pictures? And it's, So I think we're, we are so into the culture, and we see that side of the media, and we see all the movies and the reaction to that, I think we might be getting an overestimation of the social acceptability. I don't know that it's actually gone as far as you might think it has when you really get out into, you know, the regular world, the workplace and whatnot. Well, you still see, like, news stories or something for a novice that doesn't know a thing about comic books. They always go back to the 1960s Batman with the bop, biff, bam, etc. So it's, it's been that. 40 years. A good example of that is the Wall Street Journal's blogs were covering the recent turn of events in the Siegel Warner Brothers case, where Warner Brothers has filed suit against their lawyer, claiming uh, I forget exactly what they were claiming, but the the freaking headline was Biff Pam Pow, and yeah. I'm like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I know yeah, that, that was so, that was that was so a 50 year old man that wrote that because he remembers the 1960s yeah. Batman, in my opinion. Well, it, 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 oh god. I mean, I, look, I love the hokey dopey Batman. I love Adam West. Not nearly as much as Nicolas Cage, but I love Adam West. Um, <laughs> that to me is not Batman. It's the 50s version of Batman. The, the version of Batman that I, that I like is the Michael Keaton. The, uh, uh, uh Christian Go Bale, ahead and say right? George Clooney. It's okay. Uh, no, uh, you know, I, thought, I thought George Clooney played an okay Bruce Wayne. He played a terrible Batman. Mm, I, I thought George Clooney was the only good thing about that movie, but alas. Well, George Clooney himself has come out saying he was totally wrong for that part. Oh. JR, what do you think? You've been around for the up ebbs <laughs> flows of the comic book industry <laughs> since the beginning uh, of time. <laughs> Uh, another backhanded swipe at my age, okay. Uh. Well, well, God said let there be light, and Jr. stepped to the left. So. <laughs> yeah, I said, no, I'm not ready to wake up. It's like, you know, just like I, just like I was this morning. So, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with Kev. I don't think that the, um, I mean, I don't think that geek culture uh, is as widely as accepted as, as we might think it is. I think it might be a little bit more tolerated, but you know, and 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 I will, I you know, when I'm on the train to work, for example, or the bus, uh, I'll read comic books. I don't care. I don't give a rat's ass what anyone thinks. <laughs> but but I, when I get to work, they go inside my folder and and stay there, and they don't come out. Um, 
So, um, you know, because I, you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody, they know me, they know me as the geek and the geeky comic book guy. In fact, you know, you know that you've got that role when someone says, hey, I thought of you the other day because I saw a movie called Watchmen. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. So, yeah, you know, well, that's how they think of you. Or if yeah. they ask you about, oh, do you know Spider-Man 3 is filming in Cleveland? And, uh, you know, so, so I, I, yeah, I don't think it's quite as accepted. And, and frankly, it's one of the things my what when my wife and I are arguing, it's one of the things she goes for when she wants to, uh, you know, when she wants to go for the gut. Ooh, so, what does she say? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd really rather not oh. discuss it. I know, I know, I fly open the door, but it's kind of, uh, oh. you know, we're arguing about something. It's like, well, you know, you, it's like, yeah, but, you know, you read you're not comics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. You've got to not say anything about all those comics and collectibles you've got. So, oh. uh, yeah. Um, it's, um, oh. you know, like I said, something she pulls out of her hat. So, no, I, 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 I think maybe it's a little more tolerated. Accepted? No. Yeah, I, I agree. Tolerated, not accepted. I mean, if you, if, I, Bailey, you read comics at work too. Do people make fun of you? No, but one of three things is going to happen. Uh, and they all involve people coming up to somebody reading something and obviously being engrossed of them and interrupting them, which I find rude to begin with. But <laughs> it's, oh, you read comics. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm just looking at the pretty pictures. <laughs> or I'll get some Or in the sobs. case of a chalo, you're not looking at pretty pictures. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's... <laughs> Or I'll get some freaking sob story about all the comics they had when they were a kid and how much do I think those would be worth today and having oh. to explain to them that, no, your Spawn collection was is not going to be worth anything other than maybe lining the birdcage. Oh, I have or, a story to tell you after you get done with this. Oh, my gosh, I just realized this one. Or they just try to engage me in conversation with their, what they know about comic books, which is fine, because I don't mind people, you know, it's, it's, I'm not snobby about it, but at the same time, I'm fucking reading. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy my, the peace and quiet of, uh, of the closet we have as a break room. Wow. You know, it's just, just, so that's why I just go into the office now when that's I'm fun. having lunch, and, because no one interrupts me. I can't believe I, have, I forgot to tell you guys a story. I, as many of you know, I work for a TV news station. And it's well known you that you? I did. <laughs> My name's Peter Parker. What? Anyway, people in the community know that I like comic books and that I like Spider-Man. So pretty much a well-known thing. And I got a call about two weeks ago at my desk, and it was probably about a 40 or 50 year old guy on the other end of the line. He goes, Brad, I got, I just went through my mom's uh, attic or whatever, and I found the Superman comic. And it's got his uh, suit on a pole, and it says the death of Superman. Is this thing worth a lot of money, dude? And I'm like, mm, well, they printed probably about a million copies of that, so it's not really that rare. But it's in great shape, and it said collector's item or something on it. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I thought of you, Bailey. How much is that book worth? Because they, they, they uh, printed over a million, didn't they? Well, that's the newsstand copy. Lot. Okay. Um, because there was two, there was two editions. There was the bagged edition mm-hmm. that had the, the, you know, the black bag with the bleeding S on it, and the cover of that one is actually just made up to look like a tombstone. And inside, you had an armband, which I wore to work to school the next day, and <laughs> um, a poster, a trading card, and something else. And uh, but they released to like the newsstands. They released that cover with uh, the S, the torn S, flapping yeah. in the wind, and right. they they printed a good number of those. And there are two or three 
uh, reprints, basically, that they did after that to keep because the demand was so high. Mm-hmm. And you know you have those is because at the time DC was putting Roman numeral two or three to indicate which printing it was. <laughs> so that th- thing's worth maybe like three bucks, but it'll probably be more than likely in a fifty cent or a quarter bin. He thought he found I Action think. Comics thirty uh, Action Comics number one. As someone just opens a beer. What was that? (laughs) It's Dr. Pepper Cherry, sir. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Some some whiskey mixed in just to get to this podcast. That's why it made national headlines. I was the first one to get to this Dr. Pepper. (laughs) That's why it made national headlines when that uh, the garage we talked about a few podcasts ago had uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, etc. Everybody's got some Death of Supermans in their attic. Because they all thought it would be a collector's item, just like I, I they all I, have Elvis collector plates. I think I still got the uh, Reign of the Superman. Um, it's all sealed with the trading cards and all that stuff. That would, like yeah, that. that's Adventures of Superman number five hundred. Yeah. You know what? We didn't hear Stella about the uh, the geek culture. What's your two cents? <laughs> um, yeah, I basically uh, agree with. Um with Kevin, I mean, I am sort of that one girl in a comic shop, and uh, I realize that I'm sort of like this weird diamond in a rough, um, even of the girls that go to comic shops, because I seem like a very different creature, um, which is, I guess, why I get strange looks. But, you know, I was, you know, checking out at my comic shop, and I wanted my DC, uh, Women of the DC Universe poster, but someone had snagged it, even though I had it on hold. And uh, this girl that was over there, she sort of makes a scoffing noise and says that she hates DC and she's a Marvel girl, and I was like, wow, she's really aggressive. And I feel like that's the way you have to be sometimes to defend what you love you have to be aggressive to other people even though i'm just like whatever but um yeah i don't you know with the occasional t-shirt that i have i don't really go around and uh advertise that i like comic books you know if i go on a date that's not the first thing that uh comes out of my mouth um all my friends are very accepting of it and that's why they're my friends but other than that i think that it is a little too much to hope for that um will be the the number one popular people in high school and voted most likely to succeed if, <laughs> you know, we, we read True. comic books. So. True. Well, 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 I have, I have, go ahead, oh, Jordan. Go ahead. I mean, well, no, I was just going to say I have just a little story. Uh, when the Star Trek movie came out last year and, uh, you know, I, I just thought for shits and giggles, I, I have a Spock shirt. You know, I've with the live long and prosper from a muck time or whatever. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do something stupid and wear this thing. You know, I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> My family was appalled. Aww. Yes, they were just. It was like, do not be seen anywhere near me, man. Uh, you know. And, oh. And they, well, first of all, again, kids are always embarrassed by their parents. So, I mean, yeah. that's 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 kind of universal. But, you know, particularly their old man acting like a kid is just, you know, it's just appalling to them. You know, so, uh, and of course, my wife wasn't too thrilled about it either. But, you know, I knew nobody was going to go with me. So I said, well, what the hell? And actually, somebody did stop me and say, oh, I noticed your shirt, you know. And he started engaging me about uh, about Star Trek. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't do that very often, though. <laughs> what were you going to say, Michael? I was going to say it's probably a good idea for Stella not to to say it out loud on the first date or whatever because all the geeks in the area, their nerd sense will start tingling that there's a girl talking about comics, and then they'll just rush over, and it'll just turn into a bad scene. (laughs) 
You know, uh, we we hit this up just a little bit earlier about free comic book day. Did anybody have any funny stories? I have one that I'd like to share. If anybody else uh, did, Stella, you went to free comic book day, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay, any funny stories? No, I generally felt uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, it's not like she wrote about she, it. And she did write an article. The front page. <laughs> if you were a Spider-Man porn, it'd be called Ball Buster. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Brad. I was trying to be funny. Well, she she did share an article. I mean, you, you said that she got a lot of strange looks, etc. And, and yeah, I even wore, you know, um, a Hawkwoman t-shirt because yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to show, you know, my support of the comics world. But it's like if I don't have a black trench coat on and heavy eye makeup, then apparently I'm not like a part of this world. Someone that did wear that was Zach. Did you get? What do you think of free comic book day? <laughs> um, here's my deal about free, free comic day. My shop does not do it anymore. Oh, uh, what idiots! Uh, no, let me let me explain. Okay, I live in a very small metropolitan area, and my shop pretty much lives and dies by the regulars. And the problem that he had with free, free comic book day was. He would have people come in, but only on free comic book day. Oh. They wouldn't come in at any other time of the year. Weird. So, so um, he, uh, plus, the first year they did it, it was about 20 cents a book. Okay. Well, that's not free comic book day. That's no, no, it, that's, that, that, no, no, that's, that's, no, they, they wasn't charging 20 cents a book. That's how much it was costing it. Oh, okay. It's it's the costs that he's looking at, and he's looking at it from a business standpoint. He says, you know, when I'm having to pay seventy five cents to a dollar for every free comic book, and I don't make, I'm not making any money off any any other sales from new customers. Yeah, I'm making I'm making money off sales from my regulars, but not those those guys that come in on just on free comic book day. Um, I'm not making any money off those guys because they're just getting the free comic books and walking out. You know, and 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 that. That's why he doesn't do it, and I, you know, it's it's a cost thing. I mean, it costs it costs the shops money to do it. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem with you know, it, it's it's a great theory. You know, you hear free comic books, and and comic book fans are like free, free, huh? huh? You know, it's it's like it's like when the dog hears the can opener going. <laughs> you know, they get all excited because have you know, loves they, comics. It, yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> It really doesn't do much for the comic shops because most comic shops, and, I, and, and there are some wonderful, very professional comic shops out there that that run it as a business and, and have probably a loyal customer base that will hang out, but will when somebody from the outside comes in, they'll treat them with respect and, and treat it like you know it's a retail establishment, which it is. Unfortunately, most comic shops are the owner's personal man cave, and it's not very inviting. The product that is given out on Free Comic Book Day does not really reflect what is on the shelves month, week after week after week. So even if you got someone to come in, with uh you know with your free comic book day thing and they like may have picked up one of the independents they're not going to find that on the shelf they're just going to find whatever marvel and dc is peddling that week yeah. so it, it, it isn't it isn't good from a business sense it really isn't right but you know if it gets one new customer in there i think it's worth it i mean 20 cents well, out of the guy's pocket now, well no it's like 75 cents or a dollar that's the deal mm. 
you know, and, and pretty soon they're going to be just as you know. They've increased the the cost of of the books every single year since they've started. Last yeah. I, I, I heard this year it was thirty five cents a book. Hmm. Uh, he said this year was was seventy five. He may have been lying to you. <laughs> you but you know, I think you also have to look at the long term too. I mean, you might not be getting a whole lot of money off of somebody immediately, but you never know. I mean, I remember I didn't even really know what it was. I didn't realize that's what it was until years later. But when I was a kid, I mean, a little kid, uh, you know, my family didn't have a whole lot of money, so we didn't go, you know, buying comic books all the time, but. My mom took me to a local comic shop uh, on free comic book day, which I didn't know that's what it was at the time. I mean, I knew there were free comic books there. I just thought that was something they did. Um, it was The Great Escape, which is a local shop. And I got uh, – another thing is the difference in quality of uh, what you get now and what you got then. I mean, Marvel has gone to these – they've actually made the comics smaller. I didn't <laughs> like that. I hated that. Um, but back when I was a kid, I got this – thick uh, Wolverine one-shot uh, that I don't remember what it was called or anything, but it was a free comic book day thing, but it was thick. It had, like, cardstock cover, uh, you know, good creators on it, and uh, there was just this box of free comics that I could choose. Uh, at the time, the, the shop was letting me choose one free comic, um, and I got that, and that was my comic, and I treasured it for years, you know. Uh, I was just a little kid. Uh, it was great for my mom because we couldn't afford that stuff very often, and she got to get me a comic uh, that was totally free. And now, what, 15-plus uh, years later, The Great Escape is the comic book shop I go to. You know, it's not necessarily an immediate sale, uh, but it, it might do better for people than they realize. Right. Yeah. And a future comic book collector is Spencer Fettinger, <laughs> and you took him to uh, the comic book shop and said... Yeah, I did. Uh, of course, I don't know if how I don't know uh, his mother may try to convince him to be otherwise as he gets older. But uh, I always she, she she'll complain, and I say, well, he'll grow out of it. And of course, her response is, well, his father never did. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, we went, but it was a relatively mundane event. It was almost like an assembly line. You know, you're just mm. uh, oh, you here for free comic books? Well, of course. You know, all right, you're limited to like six a person, so the two of you that means twelve. And I, and I do like this comic shop, by the way. It's a very very good comic mm -hmm. shop. I like it, uh, but it was. It was just kind of an assembly line thing. You go, you grab your comics, uh, and frankly, they have a lot of crap that's free comic book day. I mean, yep. Spencer wasn't even remotely interested. I mean, he wanted Son. I mean, he, I think he came out with, if he came out with his quota of six, uh, we were lucky. He liked. He wanted Sonic. He wanted uh, the couple Iron Mans, uh, but he had no interest in Archie or, or any of that, or cuddly animals or any of that stuff. So uh, it was it was it was uneventful. Now, does Spencer get a monthly book? I mean, does he collect comics too? You think? Not really, because yeah. uh, not really. But oh, but I forgot to tell you, I did buy him a uh, trade off the uh, bargain table. Uh, we went through a bunch of them. You want this? No. You want this? No. You want this? No. You know, and he finally. Finally settled on actually the uh, Spider-Man Black Cat trade, which has like the first three uh, story arcs with uh, the Black Cat. Why he settled on that, and you know, not not Spider-Man Fantastic Four, or you know, why not? Because usually I'd pick him up a Marvel Adventures, you know, and he'd mm -hmm. read those. But he wasn't interested in any of those. So, yeah, I you know, I don't I I don't know why he likes what he likes now, sometimes. But as I, a no, I don't. As a dad, would you let him read the Black Cat, the the sex with the masks on issue? Nah. Well, 
I wouldn't necessarily say here, Spencer. I want you to read this and tell me what you think. Yeah. Um, but you know, most. I mean, all my stuff stays in bags and stuff. It's not accessible. Uh, and he's really not that interested. I mean, he's he's not quite like his old man. He still is more interested in video games uh, and things of that nature. So now he's not interested in comic books per se. Well, I have to tell you my story of Free Comic Book Day. I went down to my local shop. I've got two comic shops in my area. I've got one called Vintage Stock, and i got one called Hurley's Heroes. And I went to Vintage Stock, and they had uh, people dressed up in, in outfits. They had um, they had a Batman. They had uh, the greatest-looking hit girl from Kick-Ass. She looked awesome. She had a little purple wig on, and she really, really could kick my ass. But uh, what I thought was the coolest thing was a black-suited Spider-Man. He came up to me and he says, aren't you the gadget guy from TV? And I thought that was the freaking coolest thing ever. <laughs> Spider-Man knows who I am. Spider-Man knew the hell who I am. And he, I said, can I get a picture with you? And he did. And so I put it up on my Facebook page if you want to see it. It was the coolest thing of Spider-Man recognizing me instead of vice versa. So I just thought that was cool. <laughs> I, I bet your wife really loves it when you come home with an inflated ego like that. Does she, uh, does she automatically say or do something to you uh, to like puncture it or something? No, no, no she, she makes him scream like a girl. Well, what happened was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ballbuster's assistant, Ball Busty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't bad. No, we, the, that comic book store is inside of our local mall, and my wife was getting a dress for an event that we had to go to, and I was over in the comic book section, so I texted her, or I sent her a text of the picture of me and Spidey. So, and it's, wait, she thought that was cool. All right, we're moving on to reviews. We've got, man, only two issues this month. This is kind of cool. We had five well, you last month. needed a nap from last month. I know. There <laughs> a ton of books that came out last month. This one we're going to hit first, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 628, written by the awesome Roger Stern and Lee Weeks on art. And it is part two of the Captain Universe story, which the title is Something Can Stop the Juggernaut Part 2, or I guess this one's called Vengeance is Mine. Is that the name of the book? Possibly? I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. Zach, what do you think of 628, sir? It was it cost you 4 bucks. It was three ninety nine. I know. I was really kind of underwhelmed um, by this. Well, my, my, part of my problem was I didn't read this like the week he came out. I read both of these back to back, and this this was better than the than the, the next issue we're going to talk about. But uh, uh, number one, let me get this off first off. Lee Weeks art is the biggest pro you can give. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, he knocked it out of the park. Um, Roger Stern is a, is a, was the script was fairly strong. I didn't see really see any weak points in the script, other than I'm so sick of Carly Cooper, I could scream. <laughs> um, but um, really, my my bigger problem is is why is this story in the Gauntlet? We have no mentions of of the Gauntlet whatsoever. You know, it's just kind of the story. Hey, we need to fill some space, so let's uh, we got the story on that's been burning since 2008. So I, yeah. you know, I, I'm, but I mean, other than that, the the, the juggernaut, the Captain Universe. Uh, it's always good to see Captain Universe and Spidey again. I, I, I still have that uh, trade paperback of the Captain Universe story, so it's always that's always. I do fun. too. Yeah. Uh, so Pro Lee Weeks, Con. What was that again? Um, con the placement of the story, the timing of the story. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Also, you had another story in here called Brother, Can You Spare a Crime? Written by Mark Wade, and Tom Payer, and Todd Knock. Art, what would you think of that one? <laughs> With the Absorbing Man. I, I, I liked the uh, I liked the artwork, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing Wade's really written has really completely jumped out at me. So I, I really didn't care. It's just like, oh, look, yuck, 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 that Parker Luck. You know, I just... <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I get so sick of, the, of of them beating me over the head with the Parker Luck. I just I'm, yeah. Okay. So grade grade on the the first story. What was your grade again? Uh, I want to give that a B. And how about the backup? A C. Okay. Nothing amazing. Uh, Kev, first part of the Juggernaut. What do you think? Second part, actually. But, oh, uh, sorry. Second part of the Juggernaut story. <laughs> I'm going to echo Zach mostly here. Uh, my my like for the main story with the art, Lee Weeks turns in some solid art here. Um, my dislike is, good Lord, was I bored. Um, I would never have thought it of Roger Stern, but this was one dragged-out-ass story. This was I think I said this last month, but this uh, felt like a one-issue story that was just drug into three issues and did not need it. And, of course, this was the middle chapter, so it was the most superfluous we didn't get the story on who the Captain Universe was until the next part, so we're still, well, not caring. And, uh, yeah, I was just bored, and I didn't know why I was there. Uh, I give the main story a uh, flat C. Hmm. And backup the back- story. Backup? Uh, I'm also going to echo Zach. My like is the art. Uh, I, I used to not be a big fan of Todd Knock, but I think he grew an awful lot over the course of the six issues of the Clone Saga. And I think at this point his art is really solid and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, my con is everything else. I have never felt this beaten over the head with how much of a loser Peter Parker is since like the beginning of Brand New Day. I mean, it was <laughs> way just smacking me with a stick over and over. He's a loser, he's a loser, he's a loser, he sucks. <laughs> and uh, that was the whole story. I think, I, I think Wade's trying to get some repressed anger out. It sucked out right. Um, So I'm going to give the backup story a D minus. The only reason it's not an F is because Todd Knock turned in uh, some good art, but it it couldn't save it any more than a partial letter grade, I'm afraid. What's your opinion of bumping it up to four bucks for that backup story? Uh, Cut the backup story and give me my dollar back now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do it now. Uh, Stella, what do you think? Um, yeah, I wonder if even the, the dollar was for the backup story since the next issue had a backup story and it was still two ninety nine, so mm. um uh but anyways, uh like I'll be really redundant and say the art. Um I thought it was very well done. Dislike, yeah, I think that this entire I mean the chase specifically went on for far too long and I feel like I learned absolutely nothing from the issue and I still had no idea on where it was going by the end. Um, I thought that there should have been some sort of um, point to it all towards the conclusion so you would know what the main uh, um, argument or whatever it was. Uh, so I give it a B-. Uh, the backup, it was okay, but, yeah, it was just focusing on how terrible Peter's life is. You know, same old, same old. So I give that a C. Okay. J.R.? Um, I, uh, I, I really uh, enjoyed uh, number 628. Uh, I do agree with Kev, though. The story seems to be a bit padded. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a three-part 
that should be a one part, but I think definitely a two part story. So there, there definitely is some padding here. But I really like how I think Stern captures Spider-Man's voice. Yeah. Uh, I like this sense of humor. You know, I like the, uh, I mean, in fact, I, I wrote it because I thought it was funny. You know, good morning, sir. Do you wish towel service? Captain Universe turns his head, flap, gets hit with the towel. <laughs> They're complimentary. Uh, I, I just, <laughs> You know, I like that. I mean, I, I think he's got Spider-Man's sense of humor down, and it's it's a, it's corny, but not too corny and not too forced. Sometimes writers uh, really try to force the humor. Uh, I liked it when Juggernaut found him when he was uh, wrapped in metal and saying, "Hey, Juggy, well, how, how do you think the Mets will do this season?" Uh, that's <laughs> Spider-Man, and, and so I, yes. and I I like that. I like the art. Um, so I would, I mean, I would give the uh, the main story a B. Um, the backup story. Um, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be starting out. When they started out, you know, again, yeah, like everybody has said, beating on the lo- beating on the concept. Oh, Peter's a loser. Peter's a loser. You know, and like the news people are st- talking about. You know, well, let's talk, talk about disgraced reporter or disgraced photographer Peter Parker. And it's like that wouldn't have been a news story for a week. You yeah. know, no, no, but and, and people wouldn't recognize him on the street for that. I mean. It, I I don't get where they think that this is this is something that that would be a story. I, I it really befuddles me. And this whole the unemployed Spider-Man, it's like he's never been unemployed before. I mean, the guy's perpetually un un, un or underemployed. Uh, so I, I, they, the way they're really running that into the ground just bugs me. Uh, but I did like the job interview uh, <laughs> where he. Uh, you know where he kind of his answers kind of deal or relative to the situation he's facing with the absorbing man. But I, I would give that a C. I would, and of course I love Lee Weeks' art. So main story B, backup story C. Okay, Mr. Bailey. Um, my main plus outside of the art, but everyone said that so, is that it wasn't part of the Gauntlet storyline because I found that kind of boring. So it was nice to actually have a, a old-school Spider-Man story to read. Uh, I actually liked the fact that the entire issue was basically a chase because it had a good energy to it. It's like it drove forward, and, and, and he they kept dropping hints that whoever was now possessed by you know Captain Universe was going had a beef with Juggernaut. I knew it wasn't going to get resolved in this issue, so it actually had me interested. Like like a good mystery would. So really enjoyed that aspect. Uh, the con, I, I don't really have any, oddly enough. Whoa. Uh, for, <laughs> Sorry, wind tunnel. <laughs> um, as far as the backup story, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's Spider-Man versus the Absorbing Man. He's, he's, he's on a job interview. That That's kind of cute. I like the artwork. Freaking My, my favorite part of that, though, was the final panel that had Peter yes. walking away, and you had Spider-Man putting his hands out between Peter and the money. I'm like, that is so Ditko. That is so freaking old school, like, first 20 or so issues of Spider-Man where so, the, there's this, like, neat artistic uh, representation of why Spider-Man is screwing up Peter's life. Yeah. So, loved that. You totally took my line. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to say that, too. That's funny. Oh, oh grade, sir. Oh, uh, I'll give B, uh, A- minus for the first story and a B- minus for the second one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a B+. Plus. 
Uh, I love the artwork, as everyone said. I, I like how fluid Spider-Man is, how he's always uh, jumping around, etc. And one of my favorite panels is the, yee-haw, all right, another victory for physics and ge- uh, uh, geometry. And then the next panel, you hear the woo-hoo-hoo line, which is straight out of Spider-Man 1 or whatever, when he first uh, picks up Mary Jane and puts her on the roof. Uh, he's flying, etc., through the city. Um, Con... I, it's a weird thing that I, I, when I read it, I didn't really get it because the tectonic plates in the earth, the visual of the tectonic plates is just a bunch of squiggly lines, uh, that Miss, uh, Captain Universe goes down. I was like, is that the damage to the tectonic plates? It's just a minor problem. I don't know how you visually show, uh, a damage to tectonic plates in the earth. <laughs> I mean, but it's just a small little horizontal panel that's a bunch of squiggly lines. You guys know what I'm referencing? I mean, do you remember that? Yeah. Sign, that shot. Anyway. Uh, B plus out of me on the first story. I love Stern. I love Weeks. So it was really going to get a pro grade out of me. Uh, the backup, the pro, uh, Bailey kind of hit on what I loved about it that the art in that final panel, but I also, I just think it's kind of cute. He's on a uh, job interview on the phone, of all places, and then the job interviewee is stuck in the traffic, and he's talking to him, and he looks, and he's over there, and I just thought that was kind of a neat little twist, that the interview is taking place for the guy in the in the, in the the traffic jam. So, um, B- minus out of that story. Uh, the art, and I thought the writing was kind of cute. But I don't think you'd really need to pay an extra buck for it. And as Stella said, you know, the next one has a backup. Do we, and we didn't pay a buck for that. So Did, I, Who I, would? I swear I saw this. <laughs> well, I, I probably would for I a Web of Spider-Man this. book. But did that book have more pages yeah. than the next one? I think they just couldn't bring them to I have not read the new one. Dollar for Bacallo art. <laughs> no, I'm talking about 629, which we're going to hit up. Did that 628 have more pages in it? I'm not sure if it did or not. I still, I still haven't. Uh... Or 628, well, yeah. Both no, up and up by did. my thumb, 628 feels a little bit heavier than 629. That's yeah. all I can say. Okay. All right, we're hitting up uh, 629 now. Um, again, Stern and Lee Weeks wrap up the uh, Spider-Man did arc. Did Stella give her... Still, I thought she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, this one's okay. called "With Great Power." Dot dot dot. We'll start with Stella. <laughs> it's weird. Well, okay. Um, yeah. Again, sort of referencing the art, I really like the panels that were back flashes. Even though I was sort of sort of annoyed with the character of Will, um, I did like how all the back flash panels were colored differently to really give a vintage feel. It's sort of like they were deteriorating. Uh, something you might see in an actual older comic book. And I thought that it was a good conclusion on, you know, several points. Uh, dislike, um, I thought there was too much of a woe is me feel going on. And uh, I guess this is perhaps in order to connect to Peter's current situation. But I, I just found Will exceptionally whiny, which was annoying. Um, but overall, I thought it was a step up from the previous issue. I give that a B plus. As for the backup, <laughs> um, well, as a pro, you know, it was an it was interesting seeing the the juxtaposition of the the wizard's fight within the um, I guess the glass container uh, um, that juxtaposed with Connor's sort of being manhandled by King, um, but the con, I really had no idea what was going on with the 
the voiceovers, like the little boxes, there were sort of two of them going on, and I just had no idea what was going on. So that's a C for me. Plus, yeah, let's add uh, Bacho's art to the mix. <laughs> uh, Kev. Well, this was bad. Uh, <laughs> really? For the main story, yeah. <laughs> Damn. For the main story, I'm going to go with the art again, because that's all I got. Um, Lee Weeks is still solid, and I agree with Stella. Those flash- flashback panels looked excellent. Uh, my biggest con, what was the point? I'm, I'm reading this review at the beginning of, you know, who this Captain Universe is and what's going on here, and I'm thinking, oh, so Juggernaut's going to get to Captain Universe power, fix the tectonic plates, and Asian guy is going to learn a valuable lesson. Isn't that great? And then I read on, and uh, lo and behold, Juggernaut got the Captain Universe power, fixed the tectonic plates, and Asian guy learned a valuable lesson, and it, it, was, it was great. <laughs> um, this is like... I guess now I'm sort of representing what Marvel keeps saying in that I've never read the original story, so I don't know why I'm supposed to care about this, and yet they printed it in Brand New Day, which is supposed to be shuffle off all the old readers and get in the new ones. Well, I'm a new reader in this case because I didn't read the original story, and I don't know why I read this. Um, It was just, it was not good. It was pointless. Uh, It was three issues. And what, a total of ten dollars and I I just don't know why. <laughs> I'm frustrated. Um, so I'm gonna give the main story a D. Um, Lee Week's art brings it up a little bit. And the backup story I don't have a pro for. Uh, I really tried, I'm sorry. I failed you, Brad. No pro. Um, <laughs> cons were rampant and on every page. The biggest one <laughs> Being, I'm really not looking forward to Shed if I'm going to get Lizard dialogue written like this with con R's and oh my god. Uh, of course, Chris Pachalo's art just really, really brought up the whole thing. I'm giving the backup story an F minus. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've been you sure there's no for... G? I mean, come on now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kevin's reviews, my heavens. Uh, Zach, what do you think, sir? Wow. Um, I was Top saving F minus for Maximum Clone Omega, but dang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I tell you right now, this, this story, I was really kind of, what was the, again, I'm with Kevin. What was the point? Um, it's a story about redemption. Well, okay, here's the deal. It's, a, it's about a villain that realized he did something wrong, and he uh, uh, owns up to it, is what the story was. Okay, about. Yeah, story well, about which, redemption. Which is... Have you ever heard of Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That's, that character can relate to the redemption of a villain. Well, but here's the, here's of, the of doing something wrong, I mean. Here's my problem with, with this this whole reveal of this this dude. I want to use my uh, Mr. T voice. You just been Eddie Brock, fool. Um, <laughs> I felt like Eddie. Uh, this this felt like Eddie Brock. Like, oh, what? The Captain Universe is who? Some dude? Really? Some dude? You could have put just a guy named Joe from the Dicko era in there, and it would have been the same exact story. Okay. <laughs> I. <sighs> so I was supposed to try to care about this Captain Universe character. Uh, I it ends up being some dude. Um, Juggernaut as Captain Universe kind of made me a, was a was a little cringeworthy in my opinion. 
Um, the artwork, again, great. <laughs> I love Roger Stern. He's a great guy. He's a lovable. He's a lovable little fuzzball, but I just didn't like this book, so I'm gonna give it a straight D. Damn. Um, and for the backup. Oh my God, the backup. First of all, that artwork. Um, it made my eyes bleed. Again, okay. It's not. Learned, it's not as bad as the Deadpool issue. I mean, he has no. a style, but I don't think it's right for <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, if you go back, I mean, somebody needs to, uh, when I, I'm going through my look back of, of our podcasts, and I didn't, I don't, I didn't like, I didn't like the art, I liked his artwork in the, uh, that one that you hated, Brad, with the snow yeah. creature. I know. Um, but I did, and, but I really didn't like his artwork in the Hammerhead issue, and I didn't, definitely didn't like it in this, in this part, you know, 1A of this lizard story. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> the artwork was horrible. To me, it, it, it it's kind of meandering is, is the best way of describing it, and the and the writing wasn't that good. So, um, I mean, it's going to get a straight <laughs> D minus. I won't give it an F. All right, Jr. I think you'll agree that uh, if the point of this backup story was to get us amped up for Shed, it so failed. <laughs> it made yeah. Thank God, I wish I hadn't ordered Shed. <laughs> All right, Jr. What do you think, sir? Well, um, to go against the grain a little bit, um, I, I did. I like this again. Uh, maybe not quite as much as the previous issue, and the resolution was a little bit too. You know, everything is tied up in a neat bow. You know, everybody realizes they did wrong, and you know, goes home. And so, it, yeah, that was a little bit trite, maybe. But but I still liked it. Um, you know, again, uh, for the same reasons, really, the art and uh, Stern uh, nailing Spider-Man's uh, casual way of talking and his sense of humor. Like when uh, you know he sees Captain Universe's head or whatever and says, "Oh, great and powerful Osnes," you know that <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You know I like that line. Um, you know I mean, and I and I like the way it referenced the first story uh, because uh, unfortunately <laughs> I was around during the first uh, uh, Who Could Stop the Juggernaut, uh, and I liked how they kind of tied that story into this one without being the total you know continuity you know uh, porn. So you know, I give it a sol- I give it a solid B. Although I am sick of, I have to. I believe it was Kev that said this. Sick of Carly Cooper. Okay, because uh, in the first page, when they're they're given the recap, you know, they say plus on top of all Peter's problems, having to skip out on a date with the NYPD's ever alluring Carly Cooper. I mean, it's like. You know, and if any yeah. of you have have read uh, the many loves of the Amazing Spider-Man, I mean, they are pushing this character on us, and there is no chemistry between her and Peter. There is none. I mean, it's all forced, and you know yeah. that uh, that is just really it's really grating. And you know, to see oh, he's yeah. the ever alluring Carly Cooper. Uh, no, no, Carly Cooper is not is not alluring. Um, I think that uh, nothing. I won't get into who I think is Lori. That's a topic for another case, but it's not Carly. Uh, as far as the backup story, it's Madam Web, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? I got a Jones for Madam Web. Yeah, it's like it's like Stan Lee does, you know. Um, and, uh, which is a who uh, is that exotic Madam woman? Yeah, exactly. Because uh, it was it was what Joan Lee was the voice, I think. Uh, yes, yes I was. yeah. I did not like Shed. Uh, I mean, the preview because one, I, I, I mean, the Lizard's an okay villain. He's a great, he's a classic villain, but he's kind of a one, 
he's he's not he doesn't have a whole lot of depth to him. I mean, it's like you know, Kurt Connors' life sucks, and oh god, I'm going to turn into a lizard. He turns into oh, a lizard. Oh, are. Yeah, exactly. He eats people and feels bad about it afterwards. You know, I, you know, kind of like you know the, the usual bender you're on. You get drunk as a boy. I wish I hadn't done that. Kurt he reminds me so much of the Hulk. Yeah. In that aspect, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, you know, I so you know, one the lizard, he uh, just not a whole lot you can do with him. I don't like the art, and if any, I mean, as far as the predictability, you know, this I think the character's name is Brian King. You know, he's going to be Lizard Chow. I mean, it's like, you know, he's annoying and he's he's harassing Kurt. You know, he's going to be Lizard Food. I, it's yeah. there's just no suspense. I mean, it's being telegraphed. It's you know, so no, I, I definitely didn't care for that one. Uh, uh, B with the main story, D with the uh, the backup. Yeah, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bailey. Just, oh, go ahead, real quick. Just second. once, I would love to see some some twists and turns with with the uh, lizard. That's just. You know, well, just you, you, I have a feeling you're going to get it next month. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> Bailey hit it. <laughs> um, I really liked the main story. I, I totally bought into it. I, I, I enjoyed one, one of my things that I really thought good on artistic front was all the flashbacks had scratches in them, like it was an old photograph. I thought that was a neat effect to, to show, you know, that it was in the past. I mean, the, these are the types of stories that I will buy into just because I like redemption stories. And yes, I know Spider-Man is a redemption story, but can't always be about Spider-Man redeeming, you know, not. Stopping the guy that killed Uncle Ben, because I think that's just the point of Spider-Man in general. But, you know, I, I liked Juggernaut manning up about what he did. I liked him getting the Captain Universe powers. And, and I liked the fact that it was just some random guy. Because you don't need it to be somebody from, you know, who everyone knows about. I think that actually plays uh, better into the strength of the story, is that... We don't know who this guy is, and when it's revealed, it's just somebody that got caught in the you know in the collateral damage of Spider-Man and Juggernaut's fight. So I actually really liked that. I'll give the main story a uh, a B. Uh, did we really start on a backup story with two lizards having sex? Exactly. Did, did, we did. Did. I, did, I, did I read that right? I mean. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Here's a quote. I believe I've replicated the hormone responsible for arousal in the reptilian brain. If these creatures possessed a neocortex, perhaps they would perceive it, its effect as, quote, love, is the quote. This thing was... uh, First word prison, second word ass. (laughs) uh, To to bring back an old term of Kevin's. It's going to be on a t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that should be the first crawl space. Actually, it should be on a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I bet high school girls would wear those pants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right there on the ass, too, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, there's writing right on your ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry to throw you off for the... And Kevin kind of beat me to it, but I think this was regular priced because no one would pay for that backup. <laughs> Uh, quick note, so I'll give that a Z. Uh, and I, I just want to make a note that if you uh, if y'all are enjoying, or anybody listening to the show is enjoying Amazing Spider-Man Classics, hosted by John M. Wilson, he had a letter printed in this issue. He did. Uh, that was replied to by Stan Lee himself. He's the man. 
So hats off to John for that. I know I know how awesome it is to uh, to get a letter printed in the back of a comic and to, and to have it turned over to Stan the Man. I mean, Brad had to do this podcast for two years to get anything out of Stan Lee, and John just wrote an email. So good on John. <laughs> uh, great for me. I'll give it a B. It's, I didn't think it was quite as strong as the first issue. Favorite panel. Uh, I love the the last page of the first story. That whole page, I love the the shadow of Spider-Man's half face with the eye, and I also like the established 1962 with the coffee bean. I thought that was so cool. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, the 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 guy who the uh, the Captain Universe turned out to be. I would just really could care less. I mean, I I he will probably never ever see him again. I don't know where I would have taken it. I don't know who I would have revealed the guy to be, but uh, I just think that was my only kind of downfall. But still, it's not so much of a downfall that I'm going to grade it really down. I I, um, I definitely give it a B. I, I just uh, wish we had Stern and Weeks on it regularly instead of once a year. Because what what was the previous Weeks Weeks and uh, Stern issue? trying to remember uh, 580 ago. wasn't it yeah like wasn't it wasn't it the previous year yeah yeah whenever Bailey came yeah uh oh um Wells, <laughs> rich bashallow um yeah the opening line with two lizards having sex where do you go from there um quote <laughs> if the hormone affects similar brain structures in human beings we'll know soon enough uh blah 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 Gosh. uh my goodness and then this, you turn the page and you got two lizards kissing, and my goodness, uh, we'll save it for next month with that thing. But uh, from what I've heard, I, I'm not going to grade it uh, now. But I haven't read the issue. But seriously, there's they're starting the story with two lizards having sex. So we're, 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 we we kind of know that he's horny. So uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give this issue an F. You. Uh, <laughs> For that part. Just uh, good Lord. Okay, uh, that's can it for... Can I add one more thing? A yes, sir. The group. Uh, what does everyone think about the fact that there's going to be a two-page <laughs> Spidey Sunday-style strip in the letters pages uh, written by Stan Lee and drawn by Marcos Martin, started in 634? Are they going to charge an extra buck for it? I have no yeah. idea. Probably. I, yes, they are. I think they are. I, that's fine. I like both those guys. I mean, that'd be fine. It's got to be better than Lizard Six. on the website every day. <laughs> no, it's going to be something different. It's going to be a little different, but uh, that'd be fun. I, 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 I have I a feeling they're, the they're permanently raising it to three ninety nine though. I just love the fact that they're pulling Stan Lee out to try and be like, "Hey, Stan Lee likes this, so you should like it too." <laughs> Come on, kids. All right, recommendations before we wrap up this show. Let's start with Stella. We haven't heard from her in a while. What do you think? <laughs> well, in uh, in lieu of a literature recommendation, I would just like to um, point out a little sort of activism that I'm doing. Um, as some of you may know, um, in an interview with Bruce Tim on April 27th, 2010, Tim basically said that um, there was a Batgirl Year One direct video in production, but that, that has been canceled, as has any female superhero-led um, movies. So basically, girls are screwed. Uh, so my petition is actually a drive to get a bunch of signatures to say, hey, we're outraged at this. You know, um, Batgirl would be a great turning point. I think that would get a lot of girls into it. And I think without Batgirl, without any female superheroes, that 
the DC animated universe is going to start to backslide with all these just male-led. Um, so you can get to that petition at gopetition.com slash petitions slash Batgirl dash year dash one. Um, I'm planning on sending it to Bruce Tim himself, uh, Sam Register, who is the VP of Creative Affairs, and Warren Montgomery, who was the director of Wonder Woman. So hoping to get a female, uh, a sympathetic female um, viewpoint on it, I guess. So please sign. Um, I, I know, you know, perhaps it's naive to think, but I have a great hope for this, and I think that we could potentially turn it around. So that's for that. You know, um, the la- last comic petition we had, it, it worked. We had uh, that Spider-Man balloon guy. You remember this? We had the oh, petition yeah. for the, oh, right. the yeah, Spider-Man uh, Macy's Day Parade balloon, yeah. and we got he got several thousand. We mentioned on this show, and that is the only reason it happened. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no. So I hope that works for you. That'd be cool. Yeah, well, he I had guys so. like uh, Frank Cho and other creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, yeah. Gary Conway actually signed it too. So yeah, Jerry. Jer- is it Jerry or Gary? It is Jerry. Okay. All right. Other, um, on. other recommendations. Other recommendations, Stella. Uh, I just saw Robin Hood yesterday. It was Ooh, really good, so I recommend awesome. that. And as for comics, I recommend Black Widow. It was a very good start, um, and I don't want it to sort of undergo the, the Spider-Woman um, death or sickness, as I like to call it, and The Flash, which is also very good. So those are my recommendations. Is there any Brian Adams music in the Robin Hood movie? <laughs> no, there isn't. Sadly. Dang it. Dang it. Everything I do, the rest of that album that he that he had that song on was so much better than that damn song. I mean, oh god, I, I love, love some Brian Adams though. I love Brian. Oh no, I, no, I, I love his stuff from the eighties, even especially. But yeah. um, the rest of that album was really, really good. I actually have that in my car. Zach, you got to go after this show. So I, I know. What's your recommendations? Obviously, I'm going to recommend Iron Man. Iron Man too. Um, and a shameless plug, Clone Saga Chronicles podcast just released a new episode, so you should go check that out. It has a couple of cameo appearances, one by Kevin Cushing and the other by Mistella Bowman and Brad Douglas. I'm in it. I'm I'm the opening voice you hear out of it. I just posted it on my front page. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm on this show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, that's actually from episode 99 of, yeah, just- of the just posted up Clone Saga Chronicles number 12 up on the front page with a big green – a Phil Stacy Green Goblin, right? Yeah, well, Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Phil Yurick. Phil Yurick, I'm sorry. Not Phil um, But, yeah. Well, it involved Gwen Stacy's clone. Um, my uh, my TV recommendation, uh, Smallville's – they just had their season finale, and oh, my gosh. Oh, don't Holy tell gal. me. It's on my DVR. Extremely <laughs> well done. The opening, the Wait. opening scene. I think Kevin's seen it. The opening scene alone was worth it. Oh wow! Yeah, I got to back up on this one. That's crazy. I'm so. I'm six episodes behind on Smallville on my DVR, so it'll be a while. Oh hell, dude! I know, dude. <laughs> Here, let me. I'm sitting next to my TV. Let me see the last episode I got. Go ahead, Zach. What else you got? Um, and of course, I'm going to preemptively uh, recommend uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space. <laughs> Why? <Well>, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the web comic. Oh, uh, damn it. Uh, Kevin. Why, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, the, the inks of the cover for the next issue are up on Spidey.com. You can look look, look at there. Uh, be sure to comment. Exclusively, yeah. Only place on the interwebs where you can find it. And uh, 
I I was hoping it was going to be out before the uh, podcast came up, but uh, somebody's like, that was I. <laughs> Checkmate. The episode Checkmate is the last one I haven't seen on Smallville. From oh, come on, dude. Sorry, dog. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, Jr. What do you recommend this month, sir? Oh, Br- Brad. Well, I oh, you got one more. That. Sorry. Uh, uh, well, something right quick. Uh, because I'm not going to be on the episode with the message board questions, I will answer them all in a thread tonight. Cool. So that's good of you, sir. Anyway, see y'all later. I'm out. Peace out. Jr. What do you got this month? Actually, I have absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done anything remotely interesting. I've been so wrapped up in in various things that uh, I was able to see Iron Man two. That's already been recommended. Uh, but no, no, I'm I'm afraid I'm coming up dry this month. So. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bailey? I'm actually going to recommend Fantastic Four, the Extended Edition. What's that? Uh, It's a a DVD that came out right around the time Rise of the Silver Surfer came out. Mm -hmm. And it it has two cuts of the the 2005 uh, Fantastic Four film. Uh, It has the theatrical cut, and then it has a cut with a bunch of extra scenes, including one where Reed Richards makes himself look like Wolverine. Oh. Uh, for a couple of seconds. Is this, I, uh, is this the one where Dr. Doom doesn't suck? Did they ha- do they have that part in there? No, no. Damn it. I mean, the, the two problems with the film were Dr. Doom and the fact that this is the best Marvel television pilot ever made, unfortunately, <laughs> theatrically. But having said that, and rewatching the film and, and rewatching Rise of the Silver Surfer, because FX has been running them in a constant loop because there's a comic book film coming out. I really like this movie. Um, I think it really nailed the family dynamic of the Fantastic Four. And while it might not have been as epic as it could have been, and Doctor Doom did kind of suck, all the actors were great. I yeah. think they got the, the 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 Johnny thing fights were really humorous, and it just felt like a good Fantastic Four story. So I'm really gonna if you, if you can track it down. Uh, do try to tr- find the extended edition because on the second disc there is a all-encompassing Fantastic Four documentary where they interview mm. Joe Sinnott and, J- and Stan Lee and Marv Wolfman and Len Wein and Steve Englehart and Walter Simonson and Jim Lee and everyone except for John Byrne, just about everyone who's <laughs> been involved on the book. And there is also a really nice documentary about Jack Kirby. Yes, I've seen that. It's really good. And it, both are just excellent and well worth owning. I'm really glad I picked this up when I did and, and didn't get the movie when I first uh, when it first came out on DVD. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to recommend Dr. Pepper Cherry. I had my first <laughs> one today. Um, even though you always, always get a little bit of a cherry aftertaste uh, <laughs> with Dr. Pepper, uh, I really like this. It, it, it yeah. has a flavor to it. So nice. There, I hear I hear you just set it down. Uh, Kev, what do you think this month? Well, I'm going to go ahead and turn in my man card now oh. uh, because I know this. I'm not exactly the target demographic for this. But uh, believe it or not, I'm going to recommend the Gilmore Girls. Mm. Swear to God. Yay! Sebastian Bach <laughs> is on that show, dude. Awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, really, it's, you know, it's something that a man doesn't want to go anywhere near just because of the title but it's exceptionally well-realized characters with extremely snappy, quick, witty dialogue. I really, the thing is almost 100% character work and quick, funny dialogue. So 
you give me those two things, great writing, great characters, and I'm into it. I'm about three seasons into the show, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I know I'm not supposed to admit that to guys, but, you know, if there are any guys out there that like it, I'm validating you right here. <laughs> it's a damn good show, and I would recommend it. Did you buy the big box set of it? I've seen this at the store a few times. No, just regular seasons. I'm too, uh, I'm honestly too OCD to have something that weirdly shaped that won't fit on my shelves. Mm. <laughs> so what about the Yep. <laughs> Next month, Cavford's going to recommend the bridges of Madison County. Right? <laughs> and 27 dresses and how to lose a guy in 10 days. You know. Yeah, and I've got a little bit of Celine Dion for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him on the end of the boat. I'm the king of the Morbius. Okay, go ahead. Well. That kind of just died. <laughs> that died. That was the first one tonight I said. I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Uh, sadly, I don't have any other recommendations. And you're out. All the, all the TV shows uh, that I'm watching are ending, and I think I've already recommended them. Uh, it's a long story, but my manager just banned me from reading comics at work, so Why? I've, gotten through, I've gotten through extremely little of my <laughs> mail-order comics box this month. So Can other people read magazines at work? Yeah, we had, you know, we, we pretty much, we don't have a lot to do all day, <laughs> so right. people would would read books, I'd read comics, my coworker next to me would do puzzles and whatnot, but uh, my coworker was on vacation this week, and uh, we had coverage, we had an extra teller, uh, but I got sick. I had a chest infection this week that my doctor told me if I didn't take care of myself, it could turn into full-blown pneumonia. Ooh. So I ended up having to take two days off work sick. My manager got pissed at me for taking off work while my coworker was on vacation, even though we had coverage. Mm. So she wanted to do something to me because she was mad, so she put out this decree that there will be no more reading at the teller line. Are you supposed story. to stand there and wait for someone to come in? Uh, yeah, apparently. Oh, uh, that blows. It's given me more time on the SpidermanCrawlspace.com. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, my recommendations. i got two movies and a book. And I guess a TV show, but I've already recommended the TV show a bunch of times. The the two movies, Kick-Ass. I saw Kick-Ass in May, and I thought it was really, really good. I was worried about the, the, the girl with the foul mouth, but you know what? She was my favorite part of the movie. Uh, just a great book. I mean, I mean, I mean, great movie. It, it, uh, differs from the, the, uh, the book a lot, but, uh, I don't think you can make that book into a movie and keep everything intact because it was really over the top the, the book uh iron man 2 a bunch of everybody liked it on the podcast i recommend it go see it uh you know in front of the iron the kick-ass tr- movie was a trailer for the sliced alone movie that looks awesome have you seen this it's called the, oh, the, ex- the expendables the expendables i'm like it's got every tough guy i've ever seen like arnold schwarzenegger bruce willis sly jason statham uh dolph lundgren I, dolph lundgren's in it yeah, it just looks so cool. So a bunch of my buddies from work right now are going to go see that. Uh, Iron Man 2 recommended. Uh, the comic book I'm going to recommend that uh, I read, I was just really shocked and amazed how great it was, uh, was Wolverine Weapon X, written by Jason Aaron and Ron Garney is on pencils that uh, he did the Straczynski run during Civil War on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, the, the storyline that I'm talking about is the Deathlock story, where Deathlock comes back, and just a really, really good book. I hate that it's 3.99, but it's you get your money's worth, in my opinion. 
And the Wolverine book is not selling very well, but I think it's the Wolverine solo book is about as good as it's ever been under Jason Aaron's run. So Wolverine Weapon X, the Deathlock story. And the TV show I've recommended a few times, Lost. I think Lost is just knocking it out of the park. I know, Kev, you're a big fan of that. Did you like the Jacob origin story? No, sadly, uh, I did. really love the show, but that one let me way down. Really? I thought it was cool. Well, I just, I felt like it was just a bunch of nonsense. Like, this should have been the best episode of the series. It should have given me a lot of information going into the last two episodes here, and yet we get things like, oh, I made it that way, and oh, the light is life, death, and rebirth. And I'm like, what the hell? Stop it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it sets it up for like the final the episode. I had to watch for a half an hour either. You didn't like what? I didn't like the kids that we had to watch for a half an hour either. It just it all felt like it was drawn out, meandering, didn't tell me what I wanted to know. And man, is Jacob just kind of whiny? Okay, oh, I like Which it. Which it comes a long way from a couple seasons ago when we, you know, Jacob was something he said in hush whispers, and we saw these flashes of Jacob, and it was all cool. But it turns out Jacob is a whiny little bitch that doesn't even know what he's protecting. <laughs> He's a mama's boy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Not even his mama. Stella, did you hate it too? I didn't like it as much, no. Um, I think that they were attempting to answer a lot of our questions, like who were the Adam and Eve people that we saw in the very first season, but that was just weird in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I did have a problem with the Latin. Uh, I mean, the Latin was fine, but then all of a sudden they switched to English, and I'm like, are you serious right now? Um, I think it was sort of one of those comic book moves that, like, you're supposed to realize that they're still talking in Latin, but, you know, we're not going to write the entire episode in Latin. So. J.R. Well, or Michael, you watch Lost? No. 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 Sorry, Kevin, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, just as much as I like Allison Janney, I didn't think she was that well cast in that part. She was the mother and, uh, well, the, the mother after she killed their mother. And I didn't think she sounded very good speaking Latin to begin with, so I was kind of <laughs> thankful when they switched. All right. And also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, the Facebook fans. Uh, we hit 500 last month, and we added about, here, let me go to the, the page and see how many we've added uh, this new month. We've got 566, 66 new people. And that wraps up this episode. We have one more coming out this month. But before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They're still accepting May orders. An example of their great prices is Amazing Spider-Man number 637. Cover price, $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47. The description of the book reads, quote, The grim hunt ends with a death in the family, but not the family may think. Spider-Man's about to learn a violent lesson that nothing is forever. Plus more on the untold confrontation between Craven and Kane and the amazing Spidey Sunday feature. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and order your books. Thanks for listening, everyone, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.